Good morning, my AOWs. In today's episode, I want to talk about a very serious topic. It's one that I've talked about recently on YouTube and also done some reels and TikToks on, and it's caregiver strain. And the reason I really want to talk about this is because I see it every single day in almost every single one of my patients. And I have some tips and tricks on what I think are the three ways you can combat caregiver strain. And I also want to talk about how this physiologically affects your body and your health. So that's what we're talking about today. Can't wait to get in today's show. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. It's no secret we talk a lot about genitourinary syndrome of menopause here on the show. So I'm excited to tell you about a non-hormonal product I recently discovered, which is the Once Daily Oral Omega-7 Soft Gels from Femininity. These have been shown in clinical studies to help decrease vaginal dryness. Omega-7 is a key component to epithelial tissue, which makes up a significant portion of the sensitive vaginal and vulvar tissue. Not only could you see improvements there, but additional benefits include healthier hair, skin, and nails, relief from dry eyes, plus a healthier digestive tract. I've been using it, and I can definitely see and feel the benefits. It's also free of gluten, yeast, sodium, GMOs, wheat, dairy, and other preservatives. To learn more and order your soft gels, you're going to want to head to restorefemininity.com. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I-T-Y.com. You can also find the link in the description and show notes and also on Amazon. Thank you for sponsoring today's show, Femininity. Welcome, welcome to the other side. So I was driving in the car a week ago and every once in a while I will listen to one of my own episodes and you might think this is particularly funny because you will probably think, oh, well, maybe during the editing phase she's listened to her show. But if you know anything about me, you know, a quick little fun tip is that I actually don't do very much, if any, editing to my shows. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but it has to do with the fact that I actually haven't really seen it have a you know high rate of return or a high yield. I've gotten fairly good at doing my shows and doing them straight through without really needing to go back and edit. Plus, I think it sounds a little bit more genuine. So I was listening to one of my shows. It's always awkward, like driving around and hearing yourself talk. But if you're an OG of the show, do you think I need a new intro? I kind of actually... I have some feelings about this. You know, I listen to other people's shows and other people's YouTube channels. And whenever they change their intros, it makes me really irritated because like I'm like, do, do, do. I'm, I'm waiting for the music that I normally listen to. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons that I actually don't want to change it, even though it's a little outdated, but I can recite it word for word. Maybe I'll actually keep the same thing, just update my voiceover. Anyways, <clears throat> so today we're talking about caregiver strain. 
And again, I think this is really important because it's definitely something that I'm also starting to experience in my life. And I don't think there's a specific age where you have to be to experience caregiver strain, but it is disproportionately uh, placed on the shoulders of midlife women. And I always tell my patients that perimenopause and menopause happen at the same time as caregiver strain really reaches its peak. So not only are your hormones absolutely shifting, they're downturning, they're causing physical physical or physiological symptoms, but you are also now having to just ex- really give yourself every which way and you feel like you are spread so thin. And it's because you're kind of sandwiched between parents who, if they're living, are aging um, or going through changes and children, if you have any, who are you know certainly needing you. Um, you are maybe at the peak of your career because you're in your, you know, on average, let's say you're in your mid 40s or early 50s. And so you're working that way to that C-suite or that dream position that you've always wanted. You're realizing that your partnership is taking more work because, you know, it, years have gone by and you've really got to put in the work. Um, You may have accumulated animals and a house or a house or two or all these other things that need your attention. And so you feel as though you are spread really thin. Now, there's a couple of reasons why this disproportionately falls upon women, but I think a lot of it is that we have to first admit and accept that actually for, for many of us, we, we, we like the caregiver role. It, it serves us in some way, whether it's a part of our identity or we gain satisfaction from that, or it makes us happy. There is a part of caregiving that many women, not all right now, but many women actually like. Um, and then the point to which it tips over into actually, you know, impacting your own health negatively becomes very, very gray. And it becomes very, very hard to see once you are deep in it. And then there are also circumstances where you don't have a choice. You may have a really ill parent and you're the only sibling in town and you, you know, you have to do all of this stuff and totally change your lifestyle around to help them. But caregiving is something that starts out as something altruistic and enjoyable and something that helps us show love for another person. But when it becomes too much or it crosses a line or it crosses a boundary, or if it does it for too long, it can significantly impact your health in the wrong way. So I wanted to give some examples of how this can actually affect your health and your body. Before I kind of get into what my three big tips are. So the first thing is, is that women in midlife, perimenopause and menopause are losing their hormones. And this is again, really important because you have to um, juxtapose this with the caregiver strain that's going on because hormones are really helpful. (laughs) And we, we know this, I've done multiple, many, many, many shows about what happens physiologically and psychologically to us as we go through menopause. But you know, one of the things that happens is uh, the progesterone levels start to decline, which can increase anxiety. 
Um, as well as the loss of estrogen, which can increase feelings of irritability or sometimes depression or also sometimes anxiety. Now we've got this caregiver strain on our plate as well, and that can be really significant. And what I see happen to a lot of women is this inability to quote, turn off my brain, especially when it involves getting to bed at night. So women get into bed and then they cannot turn off their brain. They are really trying to solve all their family's problems while they are ruminating, sitting in bed. And then they are losing sleep. And this cost of losing sleep is so impactful. I could really do a whole episode. And actually, I do have a guest coming on the show very soon, a sleep medicine physician. So we're going to talk really, really in depth about sleep. But it's no secret, it's no surprise that sleep is significantly important for your overall health, your quality of life, your longevity on this earth. So when you are losing your estrogen, losing your progesterone, your anxiety has increased, and then you're losing sleep, that can compound into a whole bunch of problems. We know that actually women live the longest if they sleep good quality hours of sleep, seven to nine hours of sleep most nights. And if not, this can increase your risk for cardiovascular diseases. So we're talking diabetes, high blood sugar. Those are the two that are really more common and then weight gain. And that all happens because your metabolism is really taking a big hit when you're not getting that good sleep. So I'm going to come back to some of the ways that you can, you know, work on caregiver strain at the end. I just wanted to give you some physiological examples. And I have a sleep episode that I did like four or five episodes back. It's called, you know, protect your sleep at all costs. So stop here if you're like, this is me. She is definitely talking about me and go listen to that episode and come on back. The next thing that can happen is going to be two things that are extensions of that, which is hypertension and elevated blood pressure. So hypertension is kind of the Achilles heels of most people. It is such a common diagnosis. And for many years, you guys may know, I did primary care. I am an internist by training. I don't do primary care anymore because my consultative menopause services are really my genius zone. And I'm in so demand for that. But I am trained as a primary care doctor. And of course, I think this is really wonderful when I am treating patients for menopause because I also can certainly weigh in on their other chronic conditions. So blood pressure is kind of the Achilles heels because like, oh, you don't know. It's just elevated today because I just rushed in to get here. Well, it's elevated, you know, sometimes when I get really anxious or yeah, huh, I noticed it was high today. That's that's weird. It's it's kind of always a little bit brushed to the side. And I have to admit, as a clinician, I, I, I do know one thing that actually the most accurate blood pressures are the ones taken at home. We know that ambulatory or your office-based blood pressures are not as good, but they do sort of give us some clue as to what's going on. I used to always say to my patients, look, I, I don't have high blood pressure. And if I race to get here, my blood pressure may transiently be a little high, but it wouldn't be this high. So it is a little bit of a window. Um, overall though, you want to check your blood pressure at home once a day. And you want to mix up the times of day that you take it. It's going to be lowest in the morning. When you first wake up, it's going to be highest, you know, right before dinner time when everything's going crazy in your house. But the not sleeping and the stress from the caregiver strain, as well as the changes in perimenopause and menopause, can really lead to hypertension, which is so important because cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death in women. 
And so that's really important. I've done so many episodes. I do so much counseling about fears of breast cancer. When cardiovascular disease and hypertension is something you should be, I guess I don't want to say a lot more scared of because like that's not the direction I want to go, but like that should be just as high on your radar. The next physiological thing that can happen because of caregiver strain in perimenopause and menopause is weight gain. And that should come as no surprise after point number one, you're not sleeping well. Um, but then on top of that, you may be stress eating cause you're stressed or you're doing a lot of hurrying up to sit around. So, you, or you're doing a lot of driving to get somewhere to sit. Um, and it, it, it actually is a fairly sedentary thing. Usually caregiving can be quite sedentary, like driving someone to a doctor's office, um, helping people arrange things. Um, other things are more active, like say you're cleaning out a parent's home. I hear a lot of my patients, um, definitely tell me how stressful that is. And I, I can't imagine. Um, but weight gain can be really common and it's, you know, you're, you're, you're doing maybe a lot of traveling or you're doing a lot of driving. So you're eating on the go, you're eating processed foods. You're not exercising because you are spread so thin and weight gain. Again, that's going to lead right to metabolic syndrome and cardiovascular diseases. And it's no secret that, you know, weight gain can, you know, disproportionately affect your health negatively. All right. There's two other big things is that women miss screening tests very often in this phase of life because they are doing everything for everybody else. And I don't want to say I have an easy answer because children need you and parents need you. Um, but you, you really have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. I don't want to use the airplane thing with the masks. We all know that thing, but it may not be, um, getting to do every single thing but it may be the things that are really the most important. So if you've got a family history of colon cancer, you know, you got to get that colonoscopy, even though that'll take a whole day of you've already missed enough work and you've got to get your parents their colonoscopy and now you've got to do yours. Yeah. But you know, you can sort of then say to your doctor, well, maybe I'll do the bone density the next year because colonoscopy is maybe the more important screening test. You know, if anything, kind of know what they are and just kind of prioritize them and where they are. Because it's unfair to just say, you got to do it. Because life is just more complicated than that. But missing screening tests during this time is is oftentimes when I see um, huge, huge, you know, illnesses that could have been prevented. But women were taking care of other people. And, and the next thing is that... Um, in this phase, it is also really common to ignore really important symptoms. Now, I truly believe that we are, we women uh, are in a culture where we are taught that everything is just normal or we should just get over it. Bloating, oh, that's normal. It's probably PMA. That's normal. Or, oh, I know that's normal, but there's nothing you can do. Uh, breast tenderness, pain with your periods. We're taught like our whole lives that we're just babies and we have to just suck it up. That is ingrained. Um, and that's, that, that's where the problem starts. But now that we know that, now that we can acknowledge it, if you're listening to this episode, it is a reminder that um, ignoring symptoms and, and, and just kind of also continuing that cycle of, well, this is just probably normal or, well, I don't have time to take care of this or this is just probably silly is, is really important to notice if you're constantly doing, especially when symptoms get worse, 
they don't go away, they're persistent, or you have the sixth sense that something isn't right. Now, look, you may go to the doctor and they'd be like, it's just bloating. It's just, there's no, it's, it's all fine. And you'll be like, well, that was silly or a waste of time, but it wasn't because it means that the next time that it happens to you or the time where it actually means something, you'll still do something about it. So never feel guilty for going to the doctor. Never feel guilty for calling your doctor. Never feel guilty for going for something which you think is seemingly silly because that all comes from the idea that women just have to be tough and that everything's just fine. And everything's just normal for us to happen. We all know man flu. Mm-hmm. Now I know I'm using a lot of gender norms here, but when men get sick, isn't it like the world's coming to an end? <laughs> and And we as women put up with so much incredible pain and changes in our body that, that, you know, those born male don't have to have, don't have the same experience. And so again, a lot of this caregiver strain is ingrained, is embedded. It is, you know, again, gender normative to be the caregiver. That's a female uh, gender role. And not that males don't like to do it, not that males aren't good at doing it, but let's just call it what it is. A lot of midlife women take care of of everyone around them and place themselves second. All right, back from my quick coffee break. So I really think that identifying these social stressors and caregiver strain is really important. It's something I talk about a lot in my masterclass, especially for thinking about hormone therapy and what you need, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, how to do it, when to do it, what dose to use. Actually, your social situation plays a big role in that. So if you're interested in joining the masterclass, the link to peruse through that and to see if it's a good fit for you is linked in the show notes for today's episode. All right, so let's get into my three tips that you can try to incorporate uh, to help um, with caregiver strain and to help keep yourself sane during all of this. And, And before I get into my three tips, of course, just really really reflecting on the impact that physically could have on your health and your future health. Like if you don't want your kids to be doing what you're doing is to recognize how important um, the physiologic downfalls of not taking care of yourself during this time in your life can be. So that was kind of like the first part of the episode is like reason number one. So reason, reason number one on my list here is exercise. And exercise is so important because I said, you know, for a lot of reasons, you are at at risk right here for weight gain. And if you don't take care of your body, um, it, it, it is it's likely to happen. And this has to do with, again, things that are out of your control, like menopause and changing hormone levels, um, having to be more sedentary and just not having the time to exercise. Now, I actually choose exercise, not even so much for your weight. Um, Actually, it's going to have benefits on your cardiovascular health, but most importantly, on your mental health. Okay, most importantly for your mental health. Exercise is so important to give you an actual break. It is time for you to be alone. It is time for you to turn off the decision-making part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, and focus and, and light up other parts of your brain. It is so important for you to get that endorphins, those feel-good hormones. It is so important to sweat and just move your body. You guys know that I'm working on my book, and um, there's a part of my book where I really, many parts of my book where we dig so deep into the research on how positive exercise is. 
And it, it is, it's just so good for so many things. It is not necessarily for just the number on the scale or what you look like in the mirror. Those things will follow. Those things may come. And exercise is actually going to propel you to a state where that is exciting. It actually might help you choose healthier meals. It may help you make better choices. It might help you feel motivated to meal prep or whatever it may be. But I always say, whenever I go down to exercise, um, I, I exercise at home right now um, because I have a lot of caregiver strain, professional strains and work strains. and I'm not even at the peak of it yet, but I know if I get myself in the habit of what I say, I'm doing this for my stupid mental health, even though I, lo- I love exercising. I'm someone who loves exercise, but I notice that every passing birthday, it gets harder and harder, not because I don't love it, but because I'm exhausted and I have so many things that my time could go to, but I make myself do just my 20 minutes. I do my 20 minute Peloton and that's about it. And it is, I mean, I mean, I feel like a new person after that. I f- feel really refreshed. I feel just like, you know, I used to call it like my dialysis. And so I want you to be able to do the same thing. Now you're going to have to probably get, you know, a little bit creative on this. So I really think if you're at the height of caregiver strain, it's got to be easy. So honestly, having a home setup is the best. You don't have to have fancy gym equipment, but even investing in say a Peloton bike, which I think is now like 15 or $1,600. I know that sounds like maybe a lot, but not when you stack up gym memberships, gas to get there back and forth, gym clothes that you won't need anymore because no one's going to see you. Um, it, it, and, and also just the benefits that you're going to get from, um, being active and staying healthy, um, and not spending money on your healthcare. It's easily worth it. Um, if you don't want to do something like that, you know, there's, um, I think I, I, I was also tempted to get the tempo and the tempo is kind of a weightlifting, um, at home kind of classes thing, kind of like a Peloton, but for weightlifting and they even have like a mini system of this tempo, which comes with just a few weights and like a speaker and you can put your phone or your iPad up or something like that and take the classes. And I think that's like $200. Um, so it's a really easy way to get started, you know, getting, you know, plates or kettlebells or things that you can do at home, you know, do doing little hit workouts, even honestly putting on YouTube, grabbing a yoga mat and doing yoga. I don't actually care what it is. I don't care if it's hit. I don't care if it's weight training. I don't care if it's, you know, it's endurance training. Although, although in an ideal world, you would do a mixture of those, but I want you to do something for 20 minutes, most days of the week. And I know that might sound unattainable, but strive for that because most, you're not going to be able to do it every day. But if you can say, I just want to spend this 20 minutes doing this, I, I promise you, you will actually be more productive the rest of your day. All right. So tip number two is to prioritize. And, um, what I think happens here is that women think we can do it all, or we have done it all. Maybe we've done it all. And, you know, we're just like, well, I'm just gonna keep doing it all. I've done it. I will do it. And I will tell you that that often breaks. It breaks and it shatters. And, um, so you can't do it all. And, um, again, I know that you may have gotten some benefits out of that may have really boosted your self-esteem. It made it feel, made you feel very valuable, made you, maybe made you feel very loved. Um, but you've got to start prioritizing, which means that some things go and some things stay and the things that go don't have to go forever. It can be a season or a time. For example, maybe you're going to part-time at work, right? You have to prioritize, is it job? Is it family? Is it, um, uh, church? Is it volunteering? Is it the boards that you sit on? Is it the hobbies? And I know that that stinks. I've already told you, you cannot get rid of your 20 minutes of exercising most days of the week. That is, I'm sorry, that stays on the list. No matter what you can hate me. Um, but you've got to 
sort of prioritize. And it, it, it's really hard to do um, because for so long, and especially during the pandemic, we had to do it all and we did do it all, but it's not sustainable and it will catch up with you. So it will catch up with you. And what I tend to see is that for people who can figure this out pretty early, that it will catch up to them and it will come back harder than it was, um, they will start to prioritize and make room for help. Um, and that's really, really important. So if you can start to prioritize what things you can put on the back burner for a while, what things need to be on the front, that's really going to help. And the third thing that you can do is to outsource. And outsourcing is actually a little bit of an ex- I think of prioritizing because it's along that same lines of you, you can't and you shouldn't do everything yourself. And outsourcing can be a great way to get help. And every time I outsource something that I fight for so long, thinking like, oh no, this is embarrassing. I should be able to do this. I feel immensely relieved once I do it. So, you know, many things have had to be outsourced in my house so that I can focus on the things that I need to and actually get better return on the energy and time that I'm spending. Plus, you know, I'm also getting to stimulate the economy, give other people jobs and other people work. So things that you can outsource are of course things like meals and laundry and cleaning. And those are the big ones, whether you need it outsourced in your home or you need it outsourced for your parents' homes or your sister or whoever it is, um, being able to outsource things is really helpful. If you need to hire movers, if you need to hire cleaners, if you need to hire packers, I'm pretty sure you can hire people to come pick up dog dog doo-doo in the yard. <laughs> like, um, because I, I remember in Columbus, like me and my husband were like at that breaking point, you know, we're like, we just can't get out there and pick up Zoe's waste material, um, because we are so busy, but then our little kids step in it and then we have to wash all their clothes. You know what I mean? It goes on and on and on. And that was Columbus. Columbus is pretty hip. I don't know if they have it in Boston. You can outsource lawn. You know, that's a big one. Um, and we did that. And actually, it's funny because you might need to outsource something for a partner. So for example, you know, my husband wanted to take care of the lawn and um, he kind of enjoyed it, but it turned into me sort of like nagging and begging and nudging and, oh, oh, oh you know, and he just couldn't get to it because of the womanly OCD that I have and you might have. And, and finally, actually, we just outsourced it. And it was just so nice because we didn't have to squabble about that thing. I didn't have to beg him. I didn't have to, you know, have him then when he did that, then I'd have to watch all three kids, you know. And so it's just an example of where I was so embarrassed or like thought that would be like wasteful or expensive, uh, but it has actually made life relationship partnerships and other things that we need to do for our families run so much smoother. You know, the other thing that you can actually accept as sort of an outsourced is help, is help. I'm sure people want to help you and they've asked to help you and they'll send you the text. Just let me know if you need anything. And it's more of a, you know, you know, but to really, if you said, Hey, I actually could use help babysitting. I, they will be there or they will say, Oh my gosh, I can't do that day, but I can do this day. Or if you needed help with meals or if you needed someone to run to the grocery store or the CVS or pick up medications or drop something off. And and you're giving that person also a chance to do something that they really want to do for you. And so a lot of times there's a lot of pride in accepting help or embarrassment in accepting help. And this is something else that I'm sure you have offers for that if you can accept people's help, it will tremendously improve your quality of life. 
So, all right, guys, those are my tips. And I hope this was really helpful. Um, it's something that's so important to me because truly, truly, I, I see this every single day amongst all of my patients and it impacts their mental health, but also really importantly, their physical health. And I wanted to just give you my Heatherisms of my thoughts of what you could do to help offset some of the caregiver strain. Or if you're not having caregiver strain, strain and you're one of the lucky ones, your day will come as, as ours all will. And you kind of can already start thinking about um, how you might envision a world where you couldn't actually uh, thrive or get through caregiver strain and come on to the other end and be okay. I love you guys so much. You are my AOWs. You are my number ones. You are my stars. I do all this because you guys really love it. So thank you so much for your reviews on the show. I can't wait to talk to you next week. I've got a special episode coming out for Mother's Day and a very special guest. Ugh. Just, you got to stick around and you will see. All right, I'll see you guys next week for our brand new, brand new podcast episode and be well until then. Bye everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.